Pepper and Pro- This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Today we deal with a subject that is seldom, if ever, talked about. That's right, seldom, if ever, talked about. Perhaps it's because everybody is so sensitive and afraid. Afraid of offending someone else or of being offended. Everybody's offended. Have you noticed that? It seems like offense is everywhere. You just can't say anything. You can't not say anything. You can't do anything and you can't not do anything without offending someone. The problem, though, is not just that somebody is offended, but how they respond to the offense and how grave the response is. For instance, when Hillary Rodham Clinton declared a few years ago that half of the country were deplorables, what was she doing? She was declaring an offense against one half of the entire country while ostensibly running for president. How do you do that? Well, apparently she thought that offense would be a real benefit to her base. If she could just declare most egregiously her offense against the rest of the country, she could then be in the greater favor of her base. Just a couple of weeks ago, our current putative president stood before the nation in a so-called serious public address before a red background and with great venom, declared that anyone who stood for (coughs) strong, making America great, restoring the Constitution to its purposes instead of making it a uh, progressive document that's subject to change, anyone who believes in the foundational principles is an enemy of democracy. When he said that, what was he doing? He was declaring offense against half of the nation. At least 73 million people. How did he get by with that? Because he thought that it would ingratiate him while his political campaign is in serious disarray and his own public opinion is down dramatically, he really thought that that would ingratiate him to his base. How many of us think that by declaring offense publicly to others, we will somehow ingratiate ourselves to someone else, a group, a denomination, a family, a church, a neighborhood, or a neighbor? Today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look, though, at this matter of offense in a very different light. Because Jesus himself talked about it. Oh, he talked about it as one of the characteristics of, and just immediately preceding, his return. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation as always. 
with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And this matter is not just a matter of Republicans or Democrats. In fact, that's not really what we're talking about here. We just had some dramatic illustrations of that. And they were so clearly declarations of public offense against massive numbers of people. Why were they done? To stir up animosity and to gain favor. To stir up animosity against and to stir up favor for another group. I wonder if this spirit of offense now is that which Jesus was talking about when he said that many would be offended just before his coming. And the offense will lead to something even more dramatically troubling. Again, you're listening to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. His conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and I trust that today will be no exception. Look, it does not matter whether you're a liberal, a progressive, uh, a uh, Democrat, a Republican, a conservative, or an independent. This is not about politics per se. This is about a spirit of taking offense. And so, I hope that you will consider, that you will allow here, yes, even on Yom Kippur, when we're called to repent, when we're called to take serious account of our lives, our attitudes, our behavior, and so on, maybe this is something that we have not really considered because it's become endemic to our time. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus gives us what is called the Olivet Discourse. It is the longest, most complete dissertation from Jesus concerning what would happen immediately before his return, his second coming. We know about deception, that it would be the premier characteristic of the age. We know about wars and rumors of wars. We know about pestilence. We know about earthquakes. All of these have been talked about over and over again. But let me read to you what follows immediately after those warnings. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then, now this is the next iteration of the world's problems before Christ's return. You see, the wars and rumors of wars, the famines, the pestilences, the earthquakes, and so on, those are just the beginning of sorrows. In other words, the, the initial birth pangs. Then, Jesus said, after those things, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now listen to these coming words. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Does that sound familiar? 
offended, betrayed, and hating. Oftentimes, the very people, you see, who are preaching against hating are the haters. Because they're the ones that are taking offenses. They're either taking offense for themselves or they're taking up an offense for others, which the Bible also warns about, because of the severe consequences in relationships. But it's happening. And it's happening big time. Today on Viewpoint, I'm going to share a number of articles with you about how this is taking place. It may take you by surprise, but I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. Viewpoint on the matter of offense and betrayal. It's tremendous. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. A recent article came out written by Hal Lindsey. I don't necessarily agree with everything that Hal Lindsey has come up with since the 1970s when he wrote uh, that famous book uh, concerning the late great planet Earth. But what he has said in this article is profound. And he writes it in such a way that It's about as inoffensive as an article about offense could be. He tries very hard not to be offensive. But whenever you deal with a subject that other people are involved with, that they're guilty of, shall we say, then they, if they're not humble in heart, willing to receive correction, willing to receive instruction, willing to receive even reproof by the word of God, then they take up even more offense. They take up offense against those who give the message. And therefore, the the well-known understanding that, well, they didn't attack the message, they attacked the messenger. How many times have I experienced that over the past 40 years? It's hard for them to attack the message, so they attack the messenger and come up with various thoughts, various phrases, in order to try to diminish what was said without actually speaking about what was said and take it out on the messenger, him or herself. Here's what Hal Lindsey had to say. When giving the signs of his return, Jesus listed something you may not have spent much time thinking about. Offense. The Lord said, and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. There has never been a time when more people were offended over more things than right now. Offense is everywhere in our day. 
In fact, I'm going to add to that, it's almost a matter of bragging rights. The more offensive you can be, the more offense you can take, the greater your bragging rights. It's a pride thing now. People are offended by things both real and imagined, by words spoken and words unspoken. They're not only offended by your political affiliation, but even by the kind of car you drive. You're not driving an electric car. Take offense. They are offended by names and by whole regions of the country. Most people today have a highly honed, well-developed sense of offense, and they keep it ever on alert just in case. Beware of this, Jesus said. Offense is followed by betrayal and hatred, and those are happening too. We have made taking offense a sign of virtue and have shaped it into a fine art, writes Lindsay. One of the main things that's now even taught in our public schools, it infuses the music of our age as well as other entertainments, and it infuses the media. Understand that there are times when people's words or actions should shock, insult, or upset us. But we should never live there. Neither should we be on the lookout for things in which to find offense. Increasing numbers of people try to bolster their own sense of self-worth by being scandalized by someone else. They are mean, but I'm good. To find something offensive about a political opponent or a famous person has become one of the most sought-after feelings. At other times, people use offense as an excuse. I would have succeeded, but the world is not fair. So you're offended at the rest of the world. The disease of finding offense in everything is a sign of the times. Jesus said it would be among the constellation of signs that his coming is near. Remember that the disease of offense is highly contagious, and we have to avoid getting bogged down in the offense. I applaud Hal Lindsey for that article. In fact, it was that article that caused me to, shall we say, bring together a whole series of articles, messages coming uh, over the past couple of days that reveal exactly how this kind of offense is taking place. And they're by no means exclusive. Now, one of the areas in which people are taking offense hugely is children taking offense against their parents. Have you noticed that? Increasingly, children taking offense against their parents. The Bible also warned about that. In fact, one of the Ten Commandments is, children, obey your parents in the Lord. In fact, it's called the first commandment with promise, that you might live long on the earth which the Lord your God gives you. But any more parental authority is being undermined. Who is undermining it? Everybody that wants to take issue with a parent and what the parrot has to say. In other words, if the parrot is conservative in their political view, progressives take offense, and they have to shut that person down. If a parent is not happy with the pressure to try to vaccinate their child, 
then others are offended and come after the parent and undermine the authority of the parent, even by court order. Then also we have situations where teachers and whole school districts and even teachers' unions are coming after the authority of parents, taking offense at the parents and their role, saying, we know better and we're offended. Now, they don't put it this way, but that's exactly what's happening. They're offended that the parents have a role that it has the potential for disagreeing with what the teachers' union or some teacher or some school district has to say. So they take up offense against the parent. And hell will pay if that parent doesn't submit to the demands of the offended. Now, the net effect of this is so profound Dennis Prager, a Jewish commentator, had an article that just came out this week, Parental Authority is the Basis of Civilization, and it has disappeared. There is a war against parental authority. Why is that? Please listen carefully. It's because a huge and growing number of people are offended at the Bible. They're offended at what the Bible says. And therefore, they must undermine the authority of parents in order to advance, perpetrate, demand, force their godless viewpoint on the others. That's what's happening. And then they accuse In carrying out their offense, they accuse those who believe in the Bible as being haters. Haters of what? Well, they hate evil. They don't hate people, they hate evil. But the the ones who are perpetrating the offense are the ones who are actually the haters. Can you see then how this is becoming, in in a sense, so complex and so overlaid with deception and seduction, why so many are being sucked in by it, including Christians. This is very dangerous. This very day, just before the broadcast, I was dealing with an issue of parental authority. Not in my own house here. Been in a situation where children have taken over the household. They're given that kind of authority. And so they, the children, take offense against the parents. Oh. Does that sound familiar, my friends? Didn't Jesus talk about that? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 18. Woe unto the world because of offenses. 
For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe unto that man by whom the offense comes. Hmm. Did we not know that Jesus talked about offenses so much? Oh, and that's not all. Before the end of the program, we're going to see how serious this really is for all of us. This, my friend, is something not talked about. But we need to talk about it because many of us are, shall we say, guilty as sin and even unwittingly not realizing how we're being caught up with a spirit of offense. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13. The Son of Man, referring to Jesus, shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do that iniquity, and cast them into the furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Whoa! That's starting to sound pretty serious, isn't it? But somehow we're going to have to get this down to a place where it really, really touches our own lives. Where we can really capture viscerally the nature of offense as it comes now increasingly in this day and in this hour immediately before Christ's coming. Now to set for you, a bigger picture, not so much concerning offense per se, but how these offenses will be played out. You might want to get a copy of my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Because you see, anyone who does not embrace Messiah, Yeshua as Messiah, as the one and only Truth, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you disagree with that, you are a problem. The rest of the world will be powerfully offended at you. And what happens when they are? What happens when a growing number of people, whole populations become offended? Whole people groups become offended at those who embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, Jesus talked about it. The Apostle Paul talked about it. The Apostle Peter talked about it. The Apostle John talked about it. Apparently, it was something quite important. And that's why we're talking about it here today on Viewpoint. Get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, $22. We'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Or you can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, or you can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And by the way, did you know 
that offense is what killed Jesus? The religious leaders, trusted religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, the 71 elders of Israel, the chief priests, took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. But why? Because they were offended at him and even a crusty Roman governor called Pontius Pilate saw through it all and he said he knew that for envy, which is a very dangerous kind of offense, they had delivered him to them. We're not talking about something here, friends, that is just parenthetical. We're talking about something that is deeply, deeply important for you, for me, and for all of us. So I hope you'll stay tuned. This is Viewpoint. Don't allow offense to come into your life. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. In Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 13, now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Now, Jesus did not use the word offended here. But that's exactly what he was talking about. He's talking about the same thing that he talked about in Matthew chapter 24, the Olivet Discourse. He's talking about betrayal that comes as a result of offense. Hmm. Did you know that many a woman is offended by the fact that she gets pregnant? It didn't used to be that way. It used to be that children were seen as a blessing from the Lord. Blessed is the man that has a quiver full of them. But in our day and age, going back to the 1960s and the free love movement, pregnancy became a curse. Now, in that sense, that curse was a, was a result of being offended. Why? Because the woman felt that getting pregnant was going to cut off her ability for free sex. She didn't want the consequences. So she was offended at getting pregnant. Well, there had to be a remedy for the offense. You know what the remedy for the offense was? Roe versus Wade. 
The Supreme Court took up the offense. They even did it without color of law. And they pretended that it was law, but it was not. And that's why the Supreme Court this year overturned Roe versus Wade, because it really wasn't legitimate law, and it was the result of the Supreme Court taking up the offense of women and some men as a result of the free sex movement, free love movement in the 1960s, and the idea there shouldn't be any consequences. So the Supreme Court actually took up the offense of the other people. Interesting. Do you know that the Bible warns us about taking up the offense of others? How many congregations have been destroyed because one or a group of people took up offense against others, thinking they were doing something good, and it destroyed everything. We had that happen in our own congregation about 20 years ago. It was unbelievable what took place. Good people, loving people took up offense and drove a wedge, and they couldn't even explain it all. But everybody became offended. It was unbelievable. Offense is very damaging, taking up offenses of others. Do not allow yourself to do it. Pastors, we have to be very careful about this. By the way, Jesus warned his apostles right there the very evening before his crucifixion. He warned them that they would all be offended because of him. They would be offended because of him. Peter said, although everybody else is offended, I won't be. But he was, and he denied Jesus three times. Will you deny Jesus because of the offense of others that take against you, and you're scared to death? of what's going to happen because they've taken up offense against you? Friends, this is the spirit of our age. That's where we are, just as Jesus said it was going to be. Jesus said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation, because the spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Oh, yeah, our flesh is weak because we are prone to, to yield to offense and to respond unrighteously, either by retribution or by having our own decisions radically changed contrary to the word, the will, and the way of God in order to please other people and try to remove the offense. Now, we were talking about children we were talking about Roe versus Wade and how women in the 1960s took up offense against pregnancy, against children in the womb. Well, Whoopi Goldberg 
has just come out and confirmed it. She calls unborn children toxic. Toxic to their mother. You have that correct, my friend. She was on the Chris Cuomo Project, a podcast, when she went radical more than ever, including going so far as to refer to unborn babies as a toxic thing inside their mothers. She took up a fence. She not only had a fence against babies in the womb, but she took up the offense of all the other women who felt the same way. And in doing so, perpetrates abortion, perpetrates that which God hates, and tries to compel. See, she was playing a game. She was trying to play to an audience of women who are rabidly for abortion. So by using a word that is so toxic as the word toxic, she accomplished her agenda to maximize the offense. This, if, if we're really sensitive, this is, if we understand what's taking place, it is amazing because we're, we're seeing that so much of what is taking place in our world right now, in our country, is a result of people taking offense against others. I just don't know how I'm going to get to all these articles uh, to explain how this works. Alabama middle schoolers were asked about sexual orientation and their parents' political beliefs. Alabama, part of the Bible Belt, in a middle school, embroiled in a controversial lesson that is more aligned with California than the Bible Belt, it would seem, seventh graders were given a 48-question survey that quizzed students on their gender, sexual identity, and whether they had considered extreme body modification the students were told to disclose the political beliefs of their parents. The mother of one student discovered the survey in her daughter's lessons, and the last question in the survey was, are your parents liberal or progressive in their political thought? And the only answer was either yes, no, or neutral. Now, what is this about? This is about a group of people generally viewed politically as progressives who were trying to drive an agenda by force or threat of force by because they are offended because they are offended at those who hold to a biblical view on sex. They're also offended at the, at the likelihood or, or fact that parents under the biblical viewpoint have the responsibility to make decisions on behalf of their children, to guide them morally, spiritually, behaviorally. And they don't, these, these people don't like that. 
They're offended at them. And so they're going to do everything they can to drive their offense to force others to conform to their view. This is serious. Another article. Teachers unions have a long history of political action, but now teachers unions are advocating for gender identity and critical race theory to be taught in schools. This recent push has come because of the support of the Biden administration. Now, you may think, well, that just makes this political. No, it is not just political. It's being manifested politically, but it's as a result of the Biden administration, as expressed by Joe Biden himself, publicly in an open address before the nation, criticizing, in fact, more than criticizing, accusing anyone who stands for biblical morality, who stands for uh, truth from a biblical standpoint, accuse them of being the enemies of democracy. In the most vigorous way, he accused them. In other words, he expressed publicly as the President of the United States profound offense at 69% of the population that professes to be Christian. And so, those who embrace his offended viewpoint, the teachers' unions that are fundamentally godless, God-hating, by the way, they use that presidential support to drive their offense into the classroom and the schools to force people to conform to their viewpoint, all because of offense. That's how it's happening, friends. So many other applications. Finally, it goes to the house. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Today we're talking about the dangers of offense. It seems that offense is characteristic of almost everything today. It's everywhere. It's in, the, it's in politics. In fact, it's actually driving politics today more than ever before. 
and the offense is breeding hatred. It's breeding betrayal. And the net effect of it is exceedingly dangerous. Whenever we find things, here, here's the American Medical Association wanting the Attorney General of the United States to prosecute those critical of body mutilations on children. So if a doctor is not in favor of transgenderism and all of these various surgeries and so on, the American Medical Association wants the Attorney General of the United States to prosecute them. The real word is persecute, friends. Why? Because the American Medical Association is at its root godless. Therefore, it is God-hating, God-defying, and they take offense at any doctor that would have the temerity to stand moral ground or spiritual ground based upon the authority of the Scripture, which they defy and deny. So they take offense. How are they going to carry out their offense? Well, this is one way. Ask the Attorney General of the United States to prosecute them. On what basis? Well, we're offended. An FBI agent who refused to participate in SWAT raids that he believed violated bureau policy was suspended after complaining to his supervisors that the FBI was exaggerating the threat of so-called right-wing domestic terrorism. The FBI special agent, a 12-year veteran of the FBI and a SWAT team member, was stripped of his gun and badge and escorted out of the FBI field office in Daytona Beach, Florida. Why? because he filed a whistleblower complaint with the Department of Justice Inspector General and detailed an FBI field office that was cooking the books to exaggerate the threat of domestic terrorism and using an overzealous January 6th investigation to harass conservative Americans and violate their constitutional rights. He said, I have an oath to uphold the Constitution. I have a moral objection and want to be considered a conscientious objector. That was too much for the FBI. Why? They took offense at somebody who had the temerity to stand in the evil day for right. They were offended at that. Now, he was offended at what the FBI was doing. He took a legitimate route to complain and reveal what he saw happening. It was ungodly, unlawful, unbiblical, immoral, and he was crucified for it. Removed from his job because of the FBI's offense that anybody would dare to stand against their wrongdoing. 
many different ways, friends, that this offense is working. It's working to compel, to force every man, woman, and child to submit to a new godless agenda at every every line. A Michigan health care system violated the religious rights of a professional with 17 years of experience when it fired her after she declined to make referrals for transgender surgery or use patients' preferred pronouns. She was a physician assistant within the University of Michigan Health System when she was required to undergo training that contained statements concerning sexual orientation and gender identity that her Christian faith prohibited her from affirming. Because completion of the training required her to check boxes agreeing with the statements, she requested a religious accommodation from her supervisors, and they declined. In a July meeting with the representatives of Human Resources and the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, which was just the opposite, by the way, tolerance is just another word for a nice-sounding way to describe I'm offended. They're not tolerant of anything other than what they agree with. There's no toleration. It's a ruse. They're offended. And if you're not joining with them in that offense, then you cannot be tolerated. Are you seeing how this works? So, she was in this meeting with Human Resources and the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And they asked her whether she would use gender identity-based pronouns and be willing to refer patients for gender reassignment surgery. She said that she could not do so because of her religious beliefs and because of her independent medical judgment and that she would use patients' names in place of pronouns to respect their wishes. Her comments so offended and angered the director of the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Notice he was offended. He grew hostile, visibly angry with tight fists and a flush demeanor and attacked her religious beliefs. Saying that she could not take the Bible, her uh not take the Bible or her religious beliefs to work with her, either literally or figuratively, that given her religious beliefs against gender identity-based pronouns and gender reassignment surgery, she was to blame for teen, uh, transgender suicides and that she was evil and abusing her power as a health care provider and fired. Why? Because the director of Human Resources and the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion was vigorously, violently offended that she had the temerity to stand for righteousness. Anybody who stands for righteousness, friends, is not to be tolerated. They're offended. They're offending the whole world from the viewpoint of those who are aiming to convert the whole world to their agenda. The U.S. Army is subjecting unvaccinated soldiers to punishments, including prohibiting off-base travel, halting promotions, 
and enforcing involuntary terminations for the service, a strategy to pressure them to abandon their deeply held religious beliefs. According to the Army's public coronavirus statistics, 4,664 active-duty soldiers requested a religious exemption to the vaccine, but only 44 were granted. One current major in Army Special Operations called it a technique of coercion being used by the military to force voluntary retirements, in other words, to purge these offenders from the Army. At the same time, friends, this very week, the news came out that the Army has fallen 25% this year in their ability to recruit new members of the military. Do you see why? How is this any different than the article that came out concerning China? A vast network of psychiatric institutions that uses it to suppress dissent. Why do they do it? Because the leadership of China is offended at anyone who will not worship Xi Jinping and conform. Now, where does this go? Let's bring it down to our home. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, Do you suppose that I have come to being priests on earth? I tell you no, but rather division. For from now on, there will be five people in one house divided, three against two and two against three. Now, why are they going to be divided? The father should be divided against the son and the son against the father the mother against the daughter, the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Wow. Why did Jesus say that? When did you ever hear that preached? It won't be. Because we don't want to understand what Jesus was really saying. What he was saying is that unless you endure to the end, unless you stand, and having done all to stand with your loins girt about with truth, and you're willing to stand without intentionally trying to cause offense, but being faithful to the Lord, it will necessarily cause division. It will necessarily even cause division in your own house, in your own extended family, and you don't desire it. You will do anything you can to try to heal those divisions but they cannot necessarily be healed. Look what happened as a result of the COVID situation that has divided husbands and wives, children against their parents because of offense. Trusting, putting their trust and their care in the vaccine, notwithstanding all the warnings. And then, Somebody's going to pay for the fact that you didn't agree with me. doesn't work that way, friends. Look, if somebody took the vaccine and you didn't believe in it, don't continue to make a big deal of it. And if they end up suffering some of the reputed 
reported consequences? Don't just continue to be offended at them and continue. No, we're called to be healers. And if you took the vaccine and your husband or wife did not, don't divide up your household over that. Come on, people. You can have convictions, you can have beliefs, but friends, when it comes to really dealing with the issues that really matter, the eternal issues, oh, my dear friends, you cannot afford to be involved in the business of offense. And it's, But it is going to happen. It is going to happen. And ultimately, the Bible tells us that a system is going to be set up that will force the world to take offense against every true follower of Christ. It's called the Mark of the Beast. You can read about it in Revelation chapter 13. Every man, woman, and child is going to be compelled to take that mark as a means of declaring their trust and belief in the new global order, a godless new global order. You don't do it, you won't be able to eat. In other words, the world will declare you persona non grata. New Agers call it being selected out. If you want to find out about what that really is like, you might want to get a copy of my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Because the mystery is being unveiled. And, my dear friends, it's time that those who profess the name of Christ get real from Jesus' viewpoint about our times and how we need to respond. $22 will get put the book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Call us when they save you and write to us. And seriously consider becoming a partner friends as we continue to prepare the way of the world for history's You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.